Welcome to What's Left, a weekly political discussion challenging the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host, teacher and socialist Andy Lipson and community organizing socialist Kenny Cepeda. We are online at what-s-left.webnow.com. Uh, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications and share your favorite, favorite episode wherever you found this episode. Thank you. Um, what are we doing today, Andy? <laughs> well... I uh, sprung upon you both. We were having, we had another episode in mind and I, I you know, we, we've all just come back from a demonstration in Sacramento and I was like, wait, what are we doing? Like, let's talk about this demonstration um, and some of the thoughts that came up. It was, there was a lot of feelings that came up for me and, I, and we met a lot of people. We met a lot of people. We met some people who know what's left. We met some people who are around the workers. Anyway, that's what I want. I was hoping we could talk about because I also saw you two for the first time in person for a while and the three of us haven't been together in forever. Mm-hmm. So like in physical space. So I want to talk about that. All right. So maybe we can start off with. Let's talk about the, what the demonstration was about, right? Like, yeah. So uh, we went to a demonstration to uh, basically oppose the vaccine mandates um, that are coming um in California right now, in San Francisco, in particular, there is a mandate um, for uh, you know workers that operate in indoors, um, you know, like restaurants, bars, gyms, um, and they have to show proof of vaccination by October 13th. I know there is also a mandate for state workers, correct? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what the date uh, of that one is. What the deadline is to prove vaccination, or you can no longer work uh for the state um and and so yes uh, this uh was uh, uh who organized the march do you know i know one group was v for vaccines yes um there was also these bills right so what the two two of the bills was ab 455 which uh i can't remember what i think that bill was like basically saying all california businesses would be urged to do um would be doing like san francisco right like you, you would have to do like vaccine passports almost and then another one that was ab 1102 uh which i don't know too much about um but those were some of the bills that were up or related to the, the imposition of vaccine mandates um and this was a demonstration opposed to that a strong opposition to ab 1102 and all medical mandates it's just going. I'm looking at the Los Angeles uh, Times here, and it's they said this was a late push by the assemblyman Evan Lowe, Democrat from San Jose, to create a new workplace vaccine requirement, which failed to come together before a legislative deadline Tuesday evening, okay. yesterday. So, another proposal by Assemblywoman Buffy Wicks from Oakland, where you now live, wow. Andy, and which fell apart last week, would have created sweeping new vaccine mandates in the workplace to, and to enter businesses. And the language of both proposals were never officially placed into bills, though drafts were leaked as Democratic lawmakers attempted to bring business and labor groups on board. So uh, this is why we had come together. And this is also why, um, you know, we were just, many would say even to celebrate why they, they, these had failed, right? Um, but also just to uh, continue the uh, holding the line. But they hadn't. I mean, that was the other thing is they were being suspended. Like everyone really does believe they're going to come back in January. So I don't think, I think people were not feeling, I think they're right to say this, is not feeling that that um, uh, confident 
like that we just they've those those bills have been suspended for now and they could return in january um so again it was this, this demonstration was to highlight and bring together opposition to these and and also um it, there is an element of the march that um was uh referencing the recall that's coming up on september 14th uh for the uh, the governor of california former mayor of san francisco uh, gavin newsom who has you know big political aspirations um and by and large uh you know the recall has been framed as a republican attack on you know a democratic governor um there has been a lot of um Media craze, you know, on YouTube, I get a lot of ads uh, saying that, you know, this is an, you know, an anti-vaxxer thing, you know, like they're framing that uh, fight as just a fight of, you know, anti-vaxxers, you know, this that umbrella term, um, you know, versus a democratic candidate, um, neglecting the fact that a lot of people are unhappy with, you know, a lot of the dictations that have come from, you know, Newsom. So that was an element of the march as well. There were uh, people registering people to vote or, you know, stickers around that. I mean, which, again, I bring that up because um, I think it might be related to why these bills are being paused, right? Because there, you know, there is a recall. Um, I don't know, you know, how much they will fix that, you know, vote. Obviously, we've talked about how other votes, you know, presidential uh, primary have been manipulated. Um, and so, uh, again, that's the question I have, right? Like how much of that, those bills being, being put on hold and not pushed through are due to, you know, just waiting for their governor who has been very effective at advancing a lot of, you know, the things that, um, you know, like the shutdowns, the, um, you know, creating the, uh, what is it like the test center, a massive test center down in SoCal. Um, you know, funding, and, and also, just to throw it out there for context, uh, we're supposed to, a lot of people are supposed to receive $600 from um, the state, uh, you know, as a, another stimulus uh, thing. It's kind of suspicious. My family is very cynical about that. It's like, of course, it's coming right now, right before the recall. <clears throat> yeah, and I I had really thought, and I was talking with Brandy about this. Brandy also went to the demonstration with me. Um, is uh, that that the, the recall would be the dominant issue? Um, I'm not sure it was. I mean, it, it was definitely that was there, but the dominant issue was the medical mandates and things like that. Uh, the recall was the backdrop. Um, I had sort of seen this as sort of like the inverse of the, the Democratic Party does this all the time, where they put up demonstrations, but really what's behind them is getting out the vote for particular political candidates. I do think there was an attempt to do that. I just don't know if that. I mean, and I imagine. I mean, I will, if I vote, I would vote to recall uh, Newsom, that's for sure. Um, I won't vote for anybody to put him in, in anyone in place, but I, this would be one thing I would vote for um, on the, it's on the, it's on the 16th or something like that, um, but 14th. Um, but um, the, 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 I don't think it was the, the dominant issue was a sense that we have to build a movement to stop this. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. Like, I mean, most of the uh, signage that we saw was vaccine related, vaccine passport related, vaccine freedom, freedom, vaccine injury related. I mean, um, I maybe I also saw a bunch of American flags, uh, you know, some uh, MAGA hats, you know. Um, um, but yeah, but, but by and large, at least from my perspective, you know, I didn't meet you all until like I walked around and 
I saw a lot of a diversity of people, you know, like uh, in terms of uh, racial, you know, <laughs> the racial part. Uh, you know, I saw African-American people, Latinx people. I seen, you know, Asian people, Asian immigrants, you know, people that, you know, that, uh, you know, was speaking in also many languages. Yes, there was, and, and by and large, at least my feeling was that mostly it was like working class people. You know, I didn't get a sense that it was like, you know, your uh, suits or the, you know, the creme of the creme. Um, people you, you can tell that you know it was like working people i noticed a lot of hippies a lot of new agey people i don't know if you saw them with, with some women with and then they started walking around and and i mean at least in the second that i think it was when you had left and the do you remember some people were sitting behind us as well in the front yeah and just... and i thought oh okay at least some people are <laughs> showing up they're part of this too <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I, I would say politically it was more like libertarian, conservative, maybe more Republican. Mm -hmm. um, but there were it it wasn't like as a left as a person who identifies as being on the left, it wasn't like I felt like I didn't belong there. Um, mm -hmm. It was just a very new experience, because, like because it was more the the, the American flags and um, the chance of USA and things like that are like that. That's not something. Well, that was very strong. Yeah, yeah, um, and um, and the, the religious aspects are not something you normally see on the left demonstrations, um, but uh, you know it it it's something where it's unusual for me in demonstrations. But I I was talking to uh, somebody who you know listens to us, but also who was who was there and it's from Sacramento and helped us all co come together. Um, and she was expressing how it was a, lot, a little odd for her to be in that kind of environment. And now having done maybe two or three demonstrations now, I'm starting to get a little bit more used to it. Um, I think, I think the progressive side, the left side will have to be stronger for us to really see if we're welcome in it, into it. But I, I think, uh, I, I, I just think it's going to be a new world, you know, and a new kind of, um, at least for me, um, a new kind of place for where where activism is going to take place and demonstrate what how demonstrations are going to feel and what they're, and what they're going to be like yeah I mean, yeah i mean just the character of the resistance right um the, i guess because uh, um you know one of the common themes here for me was freedom 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 you know people want freedom um you know i also noticed like anti-socialist you know propaganda and you know i'm like i expected that even conversations, um, mm -hmm. you know, because there's people that do associate, you know, these uh, a big government, right, just with uh, uh, socialism, um, and so that's that was also part of it. And uh, one more thing to, you know, note that I think is very important is the just like I very basically saw one or two people wearing a mask, um, you know, and by and large there were families, you know, very young, very you know, older people. There was older people, you know, like in their 70s, uh, probably, or maybe older, you know, also uh, out there. Mm -hmm. I had invited my brother to go, and I was surprised he was going to come with me. And uh, he came, and he felt um, very uh, in community, seems like. That was his, he said, because he had been feeling isolated. Like, it's only he and I that we are discussing these things. And when we were walking over 
from the cafe over to the capital, there were police officers and someone asked me what um, what was I doing or what was I, something along the lines of what was, where was I heading or what was going on or what was happening? And I said, well, we're here to stand up. And I looked over at the officer and said, we're here to stand up for workers like them, for workers like you, for workers like us, for students. And that's why we're here for, to have uh, the freedom to choose and to, uh, um, to stand in solidarity as all of us. And I looked at the officer and said, and I'm sure that he may know as many people that uh, that are in right now in positions of um, of uh, feeling like people are going to probably t- have to do something they don't want to do. And the officer said, I couldn't tell his expression, he had a mask on, very big, dark sunglasses. But I mean, he didn't flinch. <laughs> I think he just sort of, <laughs> uh, and that was the message I was trying to make sure that I, in my head, that I was going in with that intention, no? And I was wanting to meet anybody that was going to be of difference of opinion with me, but that we were going to stand together. And I took a blank sign and it was white, it was just blank. So I wanted to know what what I had seen that I had not seen yet. And I just put left and right, time to unite. And that's all I had. It was very simple message. And uh, and some people came up to me and they said that they liked what I had um, put up a sign. And uh, so... And like Kenya, I also saw a diversity of people. Um, a lot of, yes, U.S. American flags. It was somewhat jarring to see that many and also see some of that more uh, burly uh, U.S. American chants and all that circle that they were doing. Did you all hear that when they were going in front of the Capitol? Oh, 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 USA, USA. <laughs> and the very, in the front, and I noticed there it was like they're, ritual or whatever they were doing some 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 thing that they were it's a very um it reminds me a little bit of the sort of the 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 the, the, the kind of colors that they put on like a, like a team sport sort of right. <laughs> baseball game thing or <laughs> whatever they do when they go yeah. to such places and i just was observant of it but it was not i didn't feel at any point as a person of color or i didn't see any people feel like there was, I'm sure if it was inconvenience or felt uncomfortable, it was in their head, but I didn't see it physically manifested. I just saw families, I saw groups, people sat down, people talked, people took pictures, people liked each other's shirts, be for vaccine, people liked, and then people asked other people to take shirts, their, their things. I saw us and I was very appreciative of us having come together. And that was a treat to see you both and, uh, and to see Brandy there and uh, folks that we had only connected virtually. Um, yeah, just one more thing I wanted to share is that, um, you know, I, I walk by myself, you know, I'm a, obviously a brown man, <laughs> you know, and I consider, you know, a lot of the stereotypes that are, you know, thrown about, you know, right wingers and this and stuff. Um, I, was, I never felt, you know, unsafe or, you know, threatened or antagonized. Um, if anything, um, you know, I don't know if you want to speak to that. When I arrived at the cafe, I think there was an engagement there with uh, some yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's relevant, but um, yeah, like, you know, just again, I felt safe uh, and, you know, uh, it was kind of a day at the park. almost. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, there's a guy who came up, we, we, so the, the work, the people from workers and students for choice who were, we, that's kind of how we organize a bit of a contingent. And then also 
some people from the California California School Employees for Medical Freedom, that, that Facebook group, um, met at this cafe that, uh, uh, that, yeah, two friends from our, from our group from Sacramento, um, uh, you know, they, they had identified a place we could all meet. Um, well, a guy who had seen that we had signs and he could see that we were against mandates. He wanted to come over and engage us and say, I want, he wanted to talk with us. he really wanted to argue with us. He really wanted to basically say, I think you are foolish. I mean, he didn't, you know, and so that, that was just a, you know, that is just like par for, I don't know. It was, it was sort of, he seemed kind of like drunk almost. Um, but that was just an, a, a way to get things started. And for me, it was, it was good to see people in that group kind of take him on. And, uh, you know, I, I felt, uh, put, pull, I mean, he wanted to make this whole thing about measles and stuff like that. And I think really people were just, were able to give him facts about vaccines, not just the COVID vaccines, actually that never came up for discussion, but just vaccines in general, a lot of the folks who were doing this stuff have had a bad history with the, the vaccines that I had thought were more okay. Um, and they have information about the fact that some of these things are not okay. Um, and they don't, they don't want to take them. Um, and they, and they don't certainly don't want to mandate it. Um, so while I got involved in this around big, big data analytics and, uh, distance learning, um, I have come to understand that there's a medical element to this about medical freedom that I just didn't, I didn't really know much about this world. I've learned about a particular set of vaccines, these MRNA and Johnson and Johnson special kind of vaccines, but there's people who also know about the measles ones and polio and DPT and things like that and have real concerns about it. Let's remind people that you are someone that it's, you're, you're versed in the field of science. And so maybe you'd come at it from a different point of view, I think maybe. I, that's I would call I, that me just largely ignorant of that, of that area. Like I knew about vaccines, but I didn't know anything about their potential safety and the potential hazards with them. And I, a year ago, I would have been a person who would have looked down on a person who was anti-vax and thought of they were anti-science and blah, 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 closer to the, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, I don't think that way anymore. And I think that uh, that way of thinking is, is wrong. John Hopkins would be very proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> they would, they would <laughs> come back, come back and be critical of these people and remember that they're not science. I mean, yeah, I, I think I've had a similar experience to you and, and just in general in terms of science, not just vaccines, but, you know, even the people that raise the flag, right? Like 5G is like, you know, a concern, right? Like they might say it in a different way, but I'm like, huh, let's look at what, you know, what's, you know, people's, it might not be exactly, you know, playing out the way they see it, but, you know, to listen more to the people that are, might sound crazy, yeah. And, you know, because I, like, just like you, you know, I was a liberal asshole, you know, and <laughs> for science, you know, and all about facts and like trying to like drown people in facts and, you know, without realizing that I, I was regurgitating a lot of, you know, basically, uh, you know, standardized produce or, you know, state produce information. And so, yeah, this is urging me to take a pause to, um, and listen more, um, to people, especially the people that have had experiences, you know, with this, because like you said, Libson, I've met people too that um, have had issues with vaccines and um, yeah, it's just gotta listen. 
Yeah, and I wasn't a liberal asshole. I was a socialist asshole. Yeah. Is this where we should transition into what stood up for us? I think. What? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, there were two things that were maybe before would have been more of an inconvenience. I think it was one, I saw someone that carried the Star of David sign. And I'm still wrestling with that. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, and and then there was the religious aspect of the the last speakers. And uh, I liked the other speakers I had heard, even when we were sitting in a circle, I had sort of was hearing some of the speakers, but uh, the, the the speakers, the religious as those, I'm curious to get your take on those. Those were, I didn't expect Dr. Cristina, that the one that was when you had heard Handy before you left and she had said, and I'm going to tell you something, it's time to go to church. She said something like that. Do you remember, Kenny? I was like, oh, geez, here it comes. <laughs> She's like, let's all get, I'm just like, I don't know about this. <laughs> so, so what was her name, Kenny? Her full name? Christina Parks, I think. And she's and, a doctor. She's a medical doctor. She yeah. gave a lot, a lot of information about um, vaccines and about the COVID vaccines um, that and the spike protein and you know. And then yeah. yeah, she testified in uh, in in I think uh, the Senate in uh, Michigan. Yeah. I think. And uh, so, yeah, Doctora, Dr. Christina Parks, um, I think uh, I'm going to look into more of her work and, you know. Um, she was a brilliant speaker. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I mean, I don't know if you want to speak to this, Kenny, but I, I liked her, her David and Goliath thing. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of analogies that I, that I thought were appropriate. I'm, I don't claim Christianity, but I, I found it like I found it arousing it was a it was a pretty inspirational part of her, of her talk. She gave information and then she gave motivation about people who are embattled and who are facing a gigantic odds. And the, the the analogy that really stuck out the most was David's David when David goes to his brothers and says, and the brothers say, Wait, you left your sheep, you know? But he's like, Yeah, I left my sheep because there's something I gotta do. I can't be with the sheep. I gotta be among the lions, if you will, to fight this Goliath because and and that had a lot of meaning. She and she tried to say, "Look, that—that's what we are all here to do. We—we we have left sheep behind to do something that's important." And I was like, "I, I felt that." Mm. I actually noticed uh, that there were people wearing that shirt that said uh, "Lions, not sheep," mm. something along those lines. Um, that kind of was a theme. But you know, I agree with you. Like, I actually—I don't know if she actually believes that, or you know, that was just uh, considerate for the type of audience. Um, because you know, like I think that um, either ways, uh, it's you know I don't I don't I think previously I would have rejected that completely, but you know it's a way of understanding for people, and you know, and if we want to live in an open society, you have to accept that people you know use different analogies, different perspectives of seeing the world, but that they're not mutually exclusive necessarily, because uh, you know this is a fight right against the Goliath, you know, and. And, you know, I think at least us here, we feel that, you know, we're the small, you know, with David and, you know, and, and our people are siding with the big bully here. 
um, you know, a lot of people we know. And so, yeah, I, I, I love that too. Uh, it was very powerful. And, um, you know, I just tried to listen and not judge, you know, and you know, I'm not a religious person. I'm, I would describe myself as spiritual, um, you know, or like, but not, um, you know, institutionally practice anything. Um, yeah. It was in reinvigorating. I remember um, when I organized against uh, Syngenta and I went to Gilroy and I, this was Occupy, Monsanto Occupy, Syngenta Occupy GMOs. I went over and I organized a small group and not everyone went. It was Gilroy, Syngenta's this company. And there's an article I can share of that of a reporter that contacted me and also um, um, reported on my on my event. And I remember the workers of Syngenta coming out during lunch, looking at me as if I'm a crazy person with my bullhorn. And there were 15 of us. There's this big company, and we're like outside the company. And crazy me at 24, I yell out and I say, I see you looking at me, Goliath. <laughs> so <laughs> you come at me because you know I'm also raised a child. I was raised a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. So, like when she said this, I thought, oh, that reminds me. When, because and so I thought it's a very good analogy, you know, because you're facing the bureaucracy, you're facing some, and and everyone is, and and she said, I don't think she meant it to say like offensively, but she said people are cowarding. I don't know how, like the way she presented it, it's not like workers who are taking the vaccine are, she just didn't, she didn't just say they were cowards. No, she said lots of people are cowarding. And you know what we need right now? She said, we need you to stand up and hold the line, hold the line. And you are being here and you're standing up for who? You're standing up. Let me tell you for who? You're standing up for our children. <laughs> I was like, oh, jeez, touch me right there. Don't go to COVID journey episode. <laughs> yeah. So. No, and I, I, I presume she seemed like somebody who, you know, is probably Christian and goes to church. And this is the kind of thing that she is, would either be used to hearing and used to saying. So it seemed pretty legit to me. And um, it was, it was not something I would normally hear in a speech at a, left rally you know but um you know she meant it um and and that, that's what's important yeah it was in very in reinvigorating and and i looked over i remember looking over at you and then i looked over at kenny and i looked over at brandon i thought she's oh, very in church suddenly <laughs> <laughs> in church because didn't we pray were you there when they had us pray we had to i didn't i mean i just looked i, I just, I wasn't there at that time. I mean, I th they maybe it was that Kevin Jenkins at the end after that. The Kenny, I forget which one. Who was the one? Did, was she the? It was Christina. Yeah, the, the uh, Padre Nuestro. I don't know how you say that. Uh -huh. Thy father. Thy father. Yeah. I don't know oh that. yeah, yeah. She did. She the 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 holy <laughs> bread and yeah, yeah. I mean, but I clapped at the Our end of that. Lord. I didn't pray or anything like that, but I. <laughs> I clapped for yeah. it. Yeah. It was moving, I have to say. It was moving. To see that many people really there. I think it was for me respecting other people's way of dealing with the assault on people's bodies, people being under duress, workers feeling no hope. 
I think whatever people's religious belief was, I think for me, what I took from it was this was a moment for people to come together from people who came two hours away, like Amanda. Some people came three hours away and we came together and it was, and for Jonathan, my brother, and I wish he would be here to speak to it, feeling a bit isolated, like no one else is talking about this. This is where I'm finding people are, I'm not alone. And I, this gives me strength to keep going. No, it's difficult. And we've discussed that on these episodes. And there was a woman who came from San Diego who was part of our workers and students for, for choice group. So people came, there are some people who came from pretty far. It was nice to see you all in person. I think that was uh, something we were talking about before recording this, uh, that at least for me, now this is what we're doing here. We've been doing this for 18 months uh, from, you know, uh, virtually, like this feels weird. Mm. Uh, having been in person earlier today to doing this here, you know, through our little squares, rectangles, whatever, um, you know, and it is invigorating to see that there is other people, there is resistance, even if it's, you know, it is a minority, um, you know, there is resistance and, you know, um, so that's why I do find some value, value, a lot of value in, you know, that whole framing of, you know, lions, you know, because you need to be fierce. You know, this fight is, you know, when you're against the wall and it's going to take a lot and it's going to take roaring and being loud, you know, and so other people who might be hesitant to speak up because there are people, you know, I know some people that, you know, know things are wrong, you know, in their own industry or, you know, um, but they are hesitant to speak up or, or take a stand. Um, because, uh, you know, at least in my book, this is a political stand, you know, and, and this is what, you know, adds up to being essentially political persecution in my book, uh, you know, of a sector of, of, of people, you know, coercion, um, manipulation, force, you know, those, all those words were seen there, you know, and I think it's right on, you know, so um, I'm glad to see that. And also I'm glad to see the, you know, the variety of reasons, you know, in, in the, in the cards, the people were there, you know, I, I was, I love to see people, you know, bringing up BlackRock, you know, the biggest manager of assets in the world, you know, they control a big portion of the stock market and, you know, and they're part of the world economic forum, you know, and you know, previously I also attended a March here in San Francisco. Um, and, you know, I was also pleasantly surprised. It had a similar character It's mostly, you know, libertarian to the, you know and, and conservative um a lot of american flags a lot a lot of people that work for the city actually you know uh, public servants um and but again just this notion that you know this is not just about that vaccine you know that that idea is there it's not you know absent is that this is about vaccine passports this is about control this is you know sets a dangerous precedent and, and, and so it gives me, you know, energy to see that there is people, you know, getting to the same conclusions, you know, that, uh, that we've reached, I think, here. Mm -hmm. We um, had an interesting conversation, uh, Kenny and I, and in the, uh, by the way, thank you, Kenny, for dropping me off. <laughs> I forget, to tell, you left and I forgot you, you left and I'll tell you gracias. Um, and, you know, we've discussed there are stakes here. Not we're not just doing this politically. Like 
oh, it's just some some ideology here. We're just it, this is like real life uh, stakes at stake here. Like this is your livelihoods that we're also on the line. And I wanted to know just quickly, or I don't know how very much we want to share, but you know, you have a certain deadline, Kenny. Yeah, no, I do uh, in San Francisco. Um, I have to be prove, show proof of full vaccination by October 13th. Um, and, or, you know, go a different route, but um, basically they're either pressuring me to do it or, or not be able to work indoors. Um, and so it's real, it's, it's caused a lot of anxiety, you know, a lot of thinking, um, and, you know, it's, it's also surreal that there are people who don't understand how real this is for me, you know, and people that I would have thought that, you know, would understand because they empathize at least in rhetoric or maybe you know in, in other issues that are also about social control compliance force um you know like does not go far immigration system you know people being subjected to medical procedures at you know the concentration camps that we call you know detention centers um you know but they don't see these uh you know, logic, there's, you know, cognitive dissonance in that sense. And, but yeah, yeah, it's real. October 13th is coming. And, and I know that there's also state workers facing, you know, uh, that harsh reality. I know people in the medical field too, facing that reality. And by and large, people are just shrugging and be like, you know, you're shit out of luck, I guess. You're talking about your livelihood. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And that's what I heard. I mean, that is my situation. This is my presence here is from a sense that I am not sure I'm going to be able to keep a job that I love to do. Uh, at least I love teaching students in person. Um, and I've, I've really enjoyed this year doing that admission. I do think that's, that's at stake. If the, these mandates, which are like, Oh, you can do the, take the vaccine or you can get PCR. If they remove that PCR. Then I'm not going to be able to continue in my job. Um, and that's, those are the stakes that I heard when, when we met at workers for students for choice at that cafe, each person was talking about that's the stakes for them, you know, whether or not they can, can carry on with their job or not. And so those are pretty big because the job is life under capitalism for a worker. It's like, that is your, that is the difference between you being just shoved to the bottom or you having a little bit of agency to kind of scramble your way through a very dictatorial system, capitalism. Um, so, uh, it, it is a question of survival and it's, it's, it can feel like life and death. Um, so that definitely felt like it animated people, um, there. And, uh, it was, it made that, that's why I was so glad to meet, I mean, some highlight from, for me to meet with people from the either workers for students, workers and students for choice or people who had listened to what's left. And I had talked with on the phone, but never met them in person um, is to feel that personal sense of stakes together. Like that's what solidarity feels like. I know that like some of the people had already lost work and had to leave, leave their job. And, but some people were facing that situation. Some people were facing the prospect of maybe not being able to lose their job. So they were going to take the jab, even though they're a hundred percent against it, just like I am. So that I, I felt very much solidarity there. Um, and it was, uh, that was really, I really was glad to be able to be there um, uh, and, and meet those, meet those people in person. Um, it was a big deal for me to see both of you there. Like 
Um, we've, it's been a long time since the three of us have been able to be physically together. Um, and it was really great to hug Kenny and hug, you know, at you, Eduardo. Um, and, uh, and, and I also really enjoyed, like, I, there was a time when I was talking to somebody else on the side. I really enjoyed watching you and Brandy and Eduardo, I mean, Kenny and Eduardo and Brandy, um, talking with the other people from the group and other people like that are around that. I don't know to watch that, even though I was talking with somebody, it gave me a really good feeling inside of just like, uh, of, of a community being built, you know, um, and that meant a lot to me. Um, and, uh, and really to go down there with Brandy, like, and to see her just kind of like go right into it. Um, I, I think, uh, the, so I know Eduardo, you have seen the pictures of Brandy with those posters where she's peeking. I don't know if you saw those, Kenny, can you see this? That's her, right? And there's another one. <laughs> I love that. Can you read them just so people that are? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Stop. One says stop vax mandates, digital IDs, uh, censorship and surveillance. And Brandy's peeking above on the top. And the other one says protect medical freedom. That's the other side because it's green and yellow on one side. And she's peeking from the side. I just love those two photos. Um, and uh, I just get a kick out of out of just being like, I never thought a month before my wedding, this would be something me and Brandy would be doing. And I certainly never thought that a month before our wedding, like that last night when we were, uh, when she was making those signs, she's sitting there making that, those two signs and I'm stuffing uh, bags full of wedding favors for, for the people who are going to come to the wedding. So like I was doing wedding work <laughs> and she was making the sign. And in a million years, if you'd have said that was going to be what's happening one month up until our wedding, uh, I would have said no, no, no way, you know. Um, but it, it really is a, it, it's a, for me, it's a confirmation of, that I'm marrying the right woman. Um, but also, I feel very much uh, like, um, she's like I belong there, and she belongs there. Like we belong there together in that space. Um, I think we bring a little bit of a different energy, and I really like what she brings. So it's, um, it was really great. Um, to, to have that. So those were some special, those are some of the most special things to see you both there, to see people I love, you two and Brandy with people who I'm learning to build a community with and feel politically aligned with. Um, and, and then just to be uh, in a large group of people who are trying to fight for this. We have a long way to go. Um, France and Italy and Britain, which have had much bigger demonstrations show we have a long way to go. But it was it was nice to see some of the fruit of our work, too, of like trying to build something together, br actually be able to bring some people together to contribute to this demonstration. Yeah. I, I love the conversations that we had there with, you know, the people that uh, are part of the group, uh, you know, workers, uh, teachers and students for choice, right? Yeah, work, workers and students for choice. Workers and students for choice. Um, yeah. And, you know, just uh, being able to talk open and freely <laughs> you know because i feel that that's uh, lacking in my context you know i've um, again isolation is a common theme among us as individuals uh, but obviously collectively uh, you know we can share and learn you know because there are different angles there are different reasons people have gotten to these conclusions you know we don't all like you know listen to one person and we will have experiences you know that um give us reasons to you know not only question but resist this you know what's happening um 
so it was it was I, I appreciate you know the different people sharing you know their experiences and um you know in having the space to talk freely openly in communion you know uh without fear or anxiety you know it was very genuine and um you know um i missed that you know i missed that from a lot of people uh, that i went to the trenches with during the pandemic and but they've uh, been overcome by um you know a lot of the anxiety and uh constant that's how i see it and um so yeah, so it means it feels good to connect with people, you know, new people, who um, again understand, you know, a, a decent amount of what's happening, and you know why it may be happening, and <clears throat> and people who are fierce, you know, because that's what I uh, notice at least fears in their own way, uh, fears in um, in taking a stand, you know, in, in understanding that there is a cost to this. And, you know, because I know people who have taken the other route and, you know, I don't necessarily judge them. You know, I hope that, um, but, you know, this is bigger than, you know, a pandemic and, you know, with real consequences. And I know, you know, you can put me on the other side and they would argue similarly. Um, but, uh, you know, this feels very organic. It doesn't, you know. It's not like a regurgitation of like this fact and this fact. You know, we were sharing experiences, and you know, I think that's that's what humanity is about. You know, and that's literally what we're fighting for. What's at stake here? You know, our ability to be human, and that's why I love uh, Kevin Jenkins. Is that the name of the last speaker? Yes. Okay. And so you know, he brought up the fact that he asked us all to hug before after you left. Mm. He asked us all to hug, you know, and, and, you know, and then he, he brought up, you know, this is what they want to take away from us. Mm. And, you know, I believe that. I believe that, you know, that's, uh, you know, if any, there is any new listeners or, you know, people, you know, um, just the fact that we have to do this through these rectangles, you know, and, and, you know, this is just the beginning of, you know, and a very fast, a, very, a process is accelerating, you know, and it's going to continue to push. And so, like they said there, you know, we need people to hold the line, people that are willing to stand. And like I've said in other shows, you know, I, I am looking for people that are willing to get punched in the face and continue fighting, you know, and, and you know, um, and, you know, I don't necessarily judge everyone else, you know, on the, like, moralistic, you know, I, I kind of understand, you know, um, but uh, like, like they said too, this is time to meet other lions that are willing to roar, you know, and, and fight back. Yeah. I think I'll say two things. And I think uh, the, the, so the 31st of August was a international uh, overdose awareness day. And I was discussing this at the rally and with some people. And I said that I feel as if, one thing that can, that people in my circle of friends, my liberal friends, that constantly talk to me about how COVID kills, or there is COVID, it, it, the cause of COVID, you know, that it's so important, but our relationships are not sudden, they just don't matter. Or even in the feeds that I was looking at um, from last, on, you know, from last week, there wasn't any mention of how much, how many people died in, in San Francisco last year from overdose, right? 
and I'm think I'm comfortable saying it now, but my father <clears throat> is an addict and and uh and he last year was the most time I tried to spend a lot of time with him to not allow for that isolation to happen, which I was told to do the opposite of and and people it's a real thing like isolation depression suicide these things happen but they're not as important suddenly mental health we uh we um, praise we clap and we say great that artists come forward right like uh, i think it was uh who's the who's the 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 artist can you call a day and night uh, day and night, da, 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 the song. Well, I know the song. I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he came forward, and many artists have come forward about mental health, about their mental health, and it's and it was very much something that people would talk about. But it's not. It's somehow there's not enough. Um, it's not as important as COVID, and it's Kid Cudi. So. That was something I, I appreciated having discussed with one of the members there. And secondly, the second thing I want to just say is I saw two women, and Kenny was there, that approached me, uh, and they one was an RN, and I think she had been dismissed from her job, Kenny, and another was an educator. And they had seen my sign where I had said, left and right, time to unite. And she had said that, she thought it was, she's a progressive, and she said that uh, she did believe she's a leftist. And she said, I do believe it's time. And I said, yeah, it's where the rubber has hit the road. Uh, we need to start thinking about how we can create alliances. And uh, and then we discussed some bit. Kenny shared some. Uh, you might want to say something about that, Kenny. Um, and, and, and she asked us about, I said, this is my friend and co-host from What's Left of our podcast. And she asked for our podcast name, and she said, "Where?" And they might be listening to this today, or, or when this is posted. And she said, "Where? Where are you?" And I said, "Well, it's it's what's left." And I had to tear a bit of my 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 yeah, post. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what did you had tell talk about that part? Um, I just shared, you know, that I'm facing that October thirteenth deadline, <clears throat> and you know, they were just voicing, you know, just. Uh, in concern and just disagreement with what's happening and you know it's just uh yeah again it's just good to talk to people and you know that that's the scary part about this that you know it's something that i you know a reason that i've been pushed away from liberal politics uh has been that binary you know and how um you know, it's not just conservatives, actually, by and large, and you know, at least on TV, you know, liberal media is portrayed as conservatives antagonizing, but I'm actually pretty sure there's a lot of antagonizing on the left, you know, and actually condescending talking, you know, I've expressed extensively how I, you know, I hate that, you know, the condescension, you know, and, you know, like dehumanizing really, you know, uh, aspects of seeing right-wingers as just ignorant brutes, you know, people without independent thought. And then here we are, you know, uh, and and so yeah, it's just nice to talk to people from you know different walks of life. I don't know what their political inclination was, 
you know, I th think you, you think you're right. um, But, you know, by and large, it's like, we're not supposed to talk to these people. We're not supposed to be there. It's supposed to feel weird. You know what? Uh, they're enemies. They're, they're the enemies. They're the fascists. You know, they're the ones who uh, want to control women's bodies. You know, and guess what? There's a lot of people supporting the control of women's bodies right now with this vaccine. So um, I, when I said when I got together with my students of, when I did that the circuits in the park thing, I talked about surprises, like being surprised by things instead of just the humdrum of everyday remote. Um, and I think that's what this demonstration is for me in terms of talking to people. Like I've been to a lot of leftists, anti-war, immigrant rights, anti-death penalty, anti-criminal justice, Honestly, there were, there were very few surprises in the conversations I would have with people. Like everyone kind of assumed we're all on the same page. Everyone, there was no real reason to talk to everyone because people basically thought we were all just thinking the same thing. And that's different in this place. It's like, um, I don't know where people are coming from. And so what, one of the things I felt was the need to kind of take time and just talk with people and find out where they're coming from. And I do think that's going to be part of what is the work to be done when we do this is just just to get to know to know people, see where they are coming from, try to hear where, you know, hear out where we're coming from. Um, and for people to like learn how to do that. Um, because I, you know, I had some conversations where I, some people said some things that I was like, I'm not sure I agree with that. I had to pick where I was going to challenge some things or where I was going to put forward another idea. But the idea was to stay engaged in conversation with the people I was talking with. Um, and so that was what was nice about this is like the, I did not know where people were coming from when I, when I spoke with them and you find out by talking to them and that that's different than a place where it's just, we're all the left. We all understand it. We all know why we're here. We don't have anything to say to each other. Um, leftists and socialists will say that because there are people chanting USA, USA, because there are people who hail conservative or are libertarian or right wing there, that that should show me that I don't belong there, that I shouldn't be there. That should show me that my cause is wrong. And I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like um, that kind of thinking is um, in my mind is, it's just doesn't, it, it has no life to it. Um, because what tells me my cause is right is that the state is trying to tell me what to do with my body and it's going and it's going to use my job as a way of leveraging their right to, to tell me what to do with it. And if you and if you're a socialist and you don't see something wrong with a worker being told by the state, here's what you have to do with your body if you want to keep your job, then I don't know what to tell you. And if it turns out a conservative understands that, if it turns out a libertarian understands that, but a socialist doesn't, then I'm not going to be talking with those socialists about fighting that cause because those people have got their heads up their asses. And so I have to go work with people who are who are somewhere else, who have a different set of ideas about what the, how the world is constructed, but for whatever reason, have come to enough sense to realize that when the state tells you what to do, you don't trust the state, you oppose it. Because that, and, and they're not even Marxists. They don't, even, they don't look at the capitalist state from the framework of profit and of a capitalist class as, a, as an end, the bourgeois state. They don't even have that framework and they get it. So I, I, I would just say that like, any, I, I guess for me, the only way I, be, I believe we're going to have to build a movement of workers that cross all these lines 
Um, I do believe that workers will ultimately have to come to an understanding, in my opinion, will have to come to an understanding about capitalism, about the working class, about the capitalist class. That is my belief if we're going to get through this. But that's not where things are at right now. But And I'm going to start working with workers who at least understand that the state is coming after us and we want and we want to fight that. And and some of those people think that they want to fight the vaccine passports, um, but they want to keep passports at the border. And I'm going to be arguing with them. Be like, you don't, if you're against these vaccine passports, you should be against those vaccine passports at the border. You know, they're not necessarily going to agree with me, but that's the discussion to begin to be engaged in as we do this work together. Um, so that's just something that, that comes to mind for me. I think it's one more, uh, you know, thing that also has to be brought to the table, right? But you have to be willing to work with people. And, you know, like, the, again, there's inconsistencies on both sides. You know, it's just that I'm not here to pick sides in the sense of, you know, I'm going to stick with my gang. You know, if I'm I, like, you know, like, I think you said this before, Libsyn, you know, like, and I reached that point. I'm not here to say what people are ready to hear. I'm, I have to say what I believe, what I think, what I rationalize, you know, in, in, you know, and put that to the test too, you know? And, and so I'm, you know, by and large, I think, uh, you know, a lot of socialists have sided with the state, you know, in, in, in this, you know, and so they have fed those anxieties that the conservatives have about socialism, right? That the state. So how can you know if you how can you then you know proclaim some consistency you know because I I'm a socialist right I, I'm a socialist because I I want to live in a free society where individuals have the liberty to be who they want to be you know where they are not coerced through you know uh, rents right like you know a worker you're dispossessed from birth you know they're not coerced to wage slavery. You know, you have to keep your shitty job because you have shitty bosses and you have to, you know, tolerate them. You know, they're not coerced by abusive partners because you have a place to live. You know, you have food, you have security, you know, and, you know, that's the society I want to live in. Not as a, in, a, in, in, a, in a society of independent thinkers that will question and go to war with whichever state is in place, even a socialist state. You know, even a self-proclaimed socialist, we go to war with them because... That's the state I want. I want to live in. You know, be ready to fight for freedom, justice. You know, and, and apparently, you know, that's the funny thing that it's scary. Like how a lot of people, you know, um, on the left, socialists and liberals, are just like sure, you know, liberty. What's liberty for? You know, you know, in or you know, what's a casualty of the vaccine? Right, like. You know, I think uh, John Kleisig was the one who said, like, you know, like it sounds like they just want to choose who lives and who dies, you know, with, with the vaccines, um, you know, because you're sentencing people, you know, by, you know, coercing them. That is what capitalism is in my mind. It coerces us to do shitty shit, you know, in, in so many ways. And so here we are, you know, uh, the left is supporting coercion. Hell no. You know, uh, that's not why I'm a socialist. You know, I'm not a socialist to regurgitate bullshit just like liberals are doing it. You know, I'm a socialist to be an independent thinker and an individual. But, but I understand that in order to fight back against these big forces, it has to be collective. You know, that that is where our, sa our safety is, you know. And, 
And so, yes, it, it's, it's, it's scary that, you know, the left, you know, by and large has just committed to working harder at explaining the official storyline than deconstructing the bullshit and the lies behind this official, the official storyline. You know, they, they, it's scary to see the left just shrug. Oh, you know, DARPA is behind this. The military, you know, uh, Google, Apple, uh, you know, uh, the investment bankers, uh, you know, go to the World Economic Forum if you've never, you know, looked at it. Just look at the partnerships, you know, of the people behind it, you know. Um, and so it's just hard and disheartening to see people that, you know, fight for immigrant rights, people fight for, uh, you know, the autonomy of women and their right to, you know, decide on their bodies, you know, people who claim equality, you know, people who fight racism, people who cite, you know, the white colonial settled, you know, settled it or whatever, you know, like, like a, a gospel, you know, it, it's just, it's madness, you know, how they don't see that, you know, and Kevin Jenkins, the last speaker today brought that up, you know, that if you are supporting vaccine mandates, he compared that to being a slave catcher. You know, he was, he's a black man, you know, talking about liberty, you know, and, and, and so, you know, if you don't, if we don't understand, and that, that again, it shows that we don't understand history. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't understand Nuremberg, you know, the Nuremberg trials, right? Like, we don't understand, you know, forced coercion, or at least we only want to pick and choose when that is a, a, a viable. And I'm not for that. You know, we got to be consistent. Mm -hmm. It said that in, mm, I think it was in 2008, or I forget, when, but Glenn Greenwald um, who has been speaking up more against vaccine mandates and against... Oh, I just talking about COVID stuff recently, which I feel he's a little late in the game. He's very smart. He should have been speaking about this. He's still my idol, my crush. But <laughs> <clears throat> so, like Alexander Cortez, Cortez was before. But <laughs> I think you left her now. I'm glad. I'm glad you've you've moved on. It's a better, <laughs> a better, a better crush to have. I think. <laughs> no, um, no, uh, I, what I wanted to say was that he um, he had pointed out that the ACLU had uh, in the past uh, come out against um, anything mandates in, in under the guise of safety, and this is the ACLU and warning that uh, if there is a pandemia, if there is some sort of epidemic or something, that you should be wary of a government trying to institutionalize some form of mandate and you should stand against it and it would be an assault on the civil liberties. Well, there was an op-ed in the New York Times recently and there were lawyers from the ACLU saying that the mandates actually will give you freedom <laughs> or something to that effect. And Glenn Greenwald's like, what are they talking about? This is so against what they stood for years before. And I'll link it to the description, uh, to the uh, notes of this episode where we find this episode. And we're just the left again. We're again. Sorry, we're like sounding like a broken record. But again, turned on it's 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 somehow everything has changed, and that's what I want to say. That uh, it's all. It's just it's just um, it's unfortunate that even civil liberties union like the ACLU has now turned back on its own work. So, I think. 
like uh, the, we had, I did hear some of the speakers and, and in the case of um, the woman who, the, who was the doctor, I can't remember, I said her name earlier, Christina, Christina Park. Banks. Banks? Parks. 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 You know, okay, Christina Parks. Um, she kind of got at an idea of what, what is next. Um, Go to church. But I, yeah, but I, I want to ask you all, in light of this demonstration, what's next for, and I, I'm going to say us. That could mean us, the three of us. It could mean what workers for students, or what would be your, if you were trying to give guidance for people trying to fight this, um, what would you what would you say to them? Like, what's next? I mean, I think uh, there are a few. Uh, I we we had a conversation, you know, and so basically, it's like for me, it's like, this has to be fought in daylight. This cannot be fought in back alleys. This cannot be fought running away you know again i was inspired by kevin jenkins who said you know like uh, he he quoted um uh, both frederick Douglass and harriet tubman you know and he more particularly i i remember hearing how he described harriet tubman's um escape right and how she was talking about dogs when you hear the dogs you keep moving you know and and then how she got to safety but she came back for it you know, for everyone else. And, and so for me is, you know, I don't blame people, you know, what they have to do in, as individuals, but that's not going to stop there. That's a temporary fix. You know, this is bigger than just a vaccine in our bodies, you know, because the forces behind this are, you know, in my frame of analysis, the global, you know, capitalist forces you know, pushing this through. They won't rest until they get what they want because they have already started something massive. Um, and so these won't stop here. Th this fight begins, you know, right now. And, you know, I hope that if people choose to run for now, it's so that they can revitalize themselves to keep fighting because this is a fight, you know, to defend literally our humanity, our freedom to choose. You know, and it's not just an American thing. You know, this is not just, uh, you know, a San Francisco thing. You know, this is a, 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 the tentacles of this thing have a global reach, you know, and life as we know it is done is whether we will have a say, or what degree of say we'll have to determine what's next. So we can run for now, you know, and sometimes you do. You know, I heard a Marine actually, out of all people, that your first. It, you know, the first advice he has, you know, if you're facing, facing someone bigger and stronger, the first advice he has is that your biggest tool is your feet. Now, if they grab you, that's a different fucking question. And so right now they're trying to grab us. And so my point is that I, I think we need to fight in daylight. We need to let it know. We need to be loud. You know, we need to hopefully encourage other people to join the fight because it's just starting. Yeah, so get ready and, you know, um, you know, hopefully we can find more people, you know, to sustain the fight, to hold the line. Yeah. And, you know, because, you know, I, I again, I, in my mind, I, I don't think that if, if you're not fighting for yourself, and I see this a lot in liber, liber, liberal you know, organizing circles that I'm part of, if you're not ask, fighting for yourself, you just, all you can offer is some sentiment to other people. Mm -hmm. You know, the real solidarity is what you mentioned earlier, Lipson, is putting your neck on the line there, when you have something at stake, you know, and, and you see that, you know, 
So this this can be this can be bad, but this can also be an opportunity to reach across people we're not supposed to talk to, you know, to you know, to reach people we you know we wouldn't usually just even see in our daily lives, you know, in our segregated lives, you know, ideologically segregated lives. Mm-hmm. So, and I believe you know that only revolution can change the world. This is only another step in capitalism, in my book. Mm-hmm. You know, this is. Capitalism is fundamentally racist, uh, exploitative, you know, uh, coercive. Um, And so this is another chapter in that book. It's just that we are in the midst of it, you know, and we're not that unique because there's been other people who have have had their neck on the line, you know, and, 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 you know, I I think I have a picture that I, I went to a Black Panther exhibit, you know, some years ago, and I took a picture of, uh, the silhouette of a Vietnamese soldier, you know, holding his rifle up, you know, saying Vietnam will win. And I find, you know, motivation in that because, you know, some people that recount the fight of the Vietnamese against, you know, the imperial forces of the U.S., uh, they recount that, you know, they were basically winning. They won the war on one um, bowl of rice a day. You know, they 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 were fighting a mighty army. You know, technologically advanced. You know, and we've talked about you know in previous episodes how the Taliban too fought off. You know, this ragtag group of people fought off what might as well be an alien species with alien technology. You know, the U.S. military, and the U.S. military could not. You know, could not repress and you know. Uh, could not repress the fire that people had for survival because, you know, this is what we're fighting for here too, you know, literal survival. And so I would not discount that, you know, because, you know, the purpose of life is to live for me, mm-hmm. you know, and life will find a way and, you know, I'm ready to fight. I think for me, it's a, I think it can be overwhelming for a lot of people um, to be who are workers and students to think that they are going to be the creator or try to ignite a revolution or something. <laughs> but I drew in, I'm drawing inspiration from the last meeting that we had. And I invite folks on this episode, whoever's listening, they can go on and, and meet us there uh, for next Tuesday or in two weeks on in on Tuesday, where we're all going to be meeting, but it's a standby next Tuesday. And there was a, there was a student there that she, I think she was the only student there, and there was another educator from a university. And one thing that stood out for me was how much they're just themselves, they are stand in wherever they were at in their university, going to classes, even if they were going to be denied going back to class, even if they're going to be denied, keep going back, even if they were going to be asked, and then just allowing herself to, to, to be that stand in that school. And, and then the other educator uh, shared how it's, it's also about seeing and looking for cues in your, in your environment. If you see someone who is obviously is the behind a plexiglass, double masked, and using hand sanitizer all over the place. You might not find 
your ally there. <laughs> who knows? Maybe you might. But you'll probably find your ally with the person who you see is wearing the mask up to here or sort of, you know, just sort of not very laxed with the uh, with the protocols and not because they're being unsafe. It's just because they probably also are realizing that, look, I, I wouldn't even be here if I was sick. I'm just having to follow these rules because that's what to be indoors looks like. And talking to these people and seeing where they are at. And these two individuals that shared with us show that any regular nobodies or any person, wherever you're at, this is, and I do believe what Henny and I had been discussing in the vehicle together today, which was an hour and a half drive as I was knitting. And we were discussing how this fight has to be in daylight. I can imagine that for many, that would be very challenging, if especially like we were saying in today's rally, no one really, some people, I mean, the three of us want to do this podcast, right? We're public people now, some modicum of, you know, uh, public personas, but some people are not asking to be public. They're not wanting, they just want like, I know someone who works in a university who is not asking to be an activist, who is not asking to be, but they are being pushed by this to be in the public eye. And as Kenny and I were discussing, this fight has to be in the daylight because there's a lot at stake for a lot of people and for themselves. And so I think that for it not to be so overwhelming, there has to be this idea that every nobody is making a difference. And it means going up to your classroom and being the, that student who was being denied in the in the face of it all, you know? And it reminds me sort of how that, that student from, you know, the students that were black <laughs> to go to class, they were being attacked and, you know, being the only ones uh, and, 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 and looking for those allies in the way that you can, like the other educator that shared with us on Tuesday. You know? And that's, I think at least feasible for the concept of how you can go about this. And sure, we can do more than that. I'm just trying to bring it down to a level of where can I start? Where do I go from here? No? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with both what Kenny, you said, and Eduardo, what you said. I've been thinking about what are we, what is, what are we trying to build? Um, and I think, like, I do believe that the next step for, like, well, at least in the Bay Area, the next step for the people who are organizing the Bay Area is to meet in person. Like, I think that's important. So, and I think to meet in person, and I don't know what we're going to do when we meet in person. There's not going to be some sort of magical thing that's going to happen other than we're going to actually overcome the barriers, like Kenny was talking about in the beginning of, like, three these the Zoom stuff and, and the electronic stuff. And that's an important thing to overcome. And I think I am, what I'm going to say is I believe that the movement we're building is founded on trust. Um, and like, we'll have to be built by a network of trust that, that spans neighborhoods, that spans cities, that then spans states, and that we'll have to span the globe in a sort. Um, but networks of trust are going to be, are, are going to need to be tied together and all believe they're part of a common cause of fighting a force that we cannot trust. And I believe those are the capitalists. Um, but I do think that that it is about finding who that, if you're alone, I do think your next step is finding another person 
and and finding a person you can talk with about this um, and then begin to build from there. Um, and maybe sometimes it is online, but ultimately it, you are going to have to find somebody who you can actually physically be in the same space with and who you can who you can actually do something to the world because we can't do it. This is this world is controlled by them. Um, but a world that we can put our hands on is one that has the potential to be controlled by us. Um, and, and so that, that for me is like Kenny and Wardo and Brandy and AJ and Brian, you know, and who, whoever starts to, I build from there, you know? Um, and I, cause that's what I think. And I think the network we're building as much as I believe it's about Marxism or socialism or revolution, I do believe that the network that workers are having to build is going to be founded on connect on building trust between each other. That's why honesty is going to be important. That's why we can't lie to each other when we're in the struggle. Um, and we're going to have to be able to believe each other when we say, I'm afraid I don't want to do that fight, you know, and, and you won't, um, or that you say, no, I'm ready to do this. Let's do this. You know? So that's the thing that comes to mind is, is the notion that I, I, I would urge people to begin to start where they're at in finding who they can around them to go from one to two to two to three to four to seven, you know, and, and that's what I think we're going to have to knit together across the country and across the, uh, across the state and across the country to, um, to have a chance of uh, defeating this giant opponent we're against. Yeah, I have a quote and, um, and then I think I, I think I'm done. Yeah. So this is uh, from Pierre Joseph Proudhon, who was the or considered the father of anarchism, and who also had uh, Karl Marx had a, a correspondence with him because of some of his works, and they actually met in Paris. Mm. And so I thought it was very because you two are socialists and you're always talking about Marx and Karl this and Karl that. <laughs> I thought, okay, well, I hardly talk about my own yeah. inspirations and. And it's funny because eventually they, they did, they influenced each other when they were in Paris, when Karl Marx was in, exiled in Paris. And they were, they were very, the father of anarchism and the father of socialism here in one city, no, in, in, in France. And, and then they had, and then uh, Proudhon uh, wrote another, another, um, another of his works and that caused dispute and conflict between them, but eventually had to split. And I remember Kenny had shared a meme with us once on our group message where it was, I think, oh, you one was an anarchist and one was a socialist, and maybe you share it here. And he said, okay, we're good until the revolution starts because then we'll have to figure it out. <laughs> so I feel like that's what today's was. It's like, right now we're together. We'll figure it out later. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. So um, as I were all of black today, <laughs> and I, <laughs> it was not planned. All right. So here is the, this um, this quote that I then I think I'll. This is the last for me. Um, <clears throat> so this is from um, the Mandin, the Impossible: A History of Anarchism by Peter Marshall, and this book has been my 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 sort of bible to anarchism. Mm. And here is uh, this is a good quote. So <clears throat> he says, "To be governed is to be watched over." inspected, spied on, directed, legislated, regimented, closed in, indoctrinated, preached at, controlled, assessed, evaluated, censored, commanded, all by creatures that have neither the right, nor wisdom, nor virtue, 
To be governed means that at every move, operation, or transaction, one is noted, registered, entered in a census, taxed, stamped, priced, assessed, patented, licensed, authorized, recommended, admonished, prevented, reformed, set right, corrected. Government means to be subjected to tribute, trained, ransomed, exploited, monopolized, extorted, pressured, mystified, robbed, all in the name of public utility and the general good. Then at the first sign of resistance or word of complaint, one is repressed, fined, despised, vexed, pursued, hustled, beaten up, garroted, imprisoned, shot, machine gunned, judged, sentenced, deported, sacrificed, sold, betrayed, and to capital, ridiculed, mocked, outraged, and dishonored. That is government. That is its justice and its morality. So those were the words of... That's some good stuff there, Eduardo. Pierre-Joseph Proulon. All right, I'll post it up and I'll link something so that people can find the, um, the quote themselves if they want. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. So if no one has anything else to add? Uh, just thanks everyone from uh, the workers and students for choice, people who listen to what's left, whoever showed up there with us, thank you very much. You made it a great event for me. And if I couldn't show this time, you know, show up this time, we'll have other opportunities. You know, our fight is going to continue, you know, hopefully, you know, we can have more people join and, you know, and, you know, stand in solidarity with each other to, you know, to fight back. Mm -hmm. So if you've made it this far, thank you. <laughs> that does it for this week's episode. What's Left is a weekly political to podcast as channel challenging the mainstream left. We post information about our topics and our guests on the episode notes wherever you found this episode or on our blog at what-s-left.webnode.com. Uh, you can find past episodes to this podcast last channel there and connect with us. Este, I remind folks, if you like anything you have heard here, please share your favorite episode, rate, review. Thank you for some people that have done that on iTunes podcast. I noticed some people wrote some reviews. Thank you very much. And mm -hmm. subscribe to any of our platforms that you would find convenient for you, such as Spotify, iTunes podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, BitChute, Odyssey, O-D-Y-S-E-E, -E, uh, YouTube. We're also on Telegram. And you can find those links on the episode notes. If you would like to give us feedback about something you've heard or suggest something for us to cover, contact us through our blog and Andy will most likely respond to you. Thank you very much. I'm Eduardo Barca with co-hosts Kenny Cepeda and Andy Lipson. See you all next time. Ciao.